Hello and welcome to episode 314 of the Rollo and Slappy Show. Today is July 18th, 2022. I am Rollo McFlugel and with me is my co-host Slappy Jones. Show notes page for this episode will be mcflugel.com slash 314. Also, this will be Get On Zero episode number 25. So, Slappy, how you doing this week? I am well. How are you? Good. Um, it is really humid out right now, and it's hard. It's challenging to keep a cigar lit. It's uh, that humid. Did you get the thunderstorm rolling by? I did. It was a quick one, but it was a, a quick, heavy one. Yep. Yeah, it kind of flooded my uh, my street pretty quickly. But nice. um, I don't know how much I've mentioned it on the podcast, but I had decided this year to kind of redo my garden. And to knock out all the raised beds and just have a... Uh, I thought you said just, rice beds. No. Thinking there's no. no chance you're doing rice now. No, no. Uh, although in the front yard where the, uh, the drainage swale is, yeah, we could maybe have some rice patties in there sometimes. Uh, but that is kind of related because I was worried when I did that um, that maybe part of the garden would be like a rice patty. So yeah. I had to build a a short retaining wall around uh, three faces or three sides of the fenced in area. It was a garden bed. Um, and then I was worried just to kind of level it out and to block uh, how the water kind of naturally drains through my backyard. Mm-hmm. And I was worried that I was going to create a swamp. Um, you have kinda, gator problem. Yeah. But, uh, so far, so good. It's uh, the wall's been doing its job, and I have not created any additional problems outside of it. So, it's uh, I'm I'm happy to report on it. You know, because I have uh, yeah, I tilled all the soil in there, and then I added uh, a bunch of new soil, and have uh, like kind of those like raised rows in there. Um. Uh-oh. So, uh, or mounds, I, I guess the mounds that, you know, you have garden rows that are like, oh, kind of good. like mounds raised up. Nice. So I, I was worried you for a second there. I'm not sure if we got that audio or not, but I did not hear you. Uh, what did you miss? I don't know. It was quiet. But yeah, but I mean like where, sorry, what did you last hear? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, I don't know. You were talking about, uh, you were hoping the garden doesn't, or the raised beds didn't turn into rice paddies and then it. Oh, okay. But yeah, everything's been, been working out pretty well. Good. Um, cause I, I tilled all the soil and, and tried to level it out a bit. It's not perfectly level in there. Uh, and then I did the mounds for the, uh, for the rows mm-hmm. of things. Yeah. And I was kind of wondering if that was going to get washed around a little bit but everything's holding pretty well in there and then i uh i added uh cardboard uh just like a layer of cardboard and like some newspaper down between the the rows Uh, between the rows nice between the rows for kind of walking around and weed control then i put uh hay on top of it and that's held uh held its held its place through nice. uh, through a bunch of these heavy heavy downpours and everything, so everything's working out well. It doesn't look like I'm going to have to like create a new drainage path for the yard. <laughs> That's good. That would have uh, created a bigger problem because you know water when water travels someplace and you change that way it travels and stop it, it still has to go somewhere. And if you force it to collect, that's what it's going to do. Sure. But so far, so good. I did not create a uh, a disaster in my yard, so I'm happy. Good. I'm happy for you. Thank you. But uh, that's kind of what we want to talk about. It's just kind of like being Fluid happy. dynamics. Is that what it's called? Um, not that wouldn't necessarily. I don't think that would really be a field of fluid dynamics. It's, okay. It would be more civil stuff. Which isn't engineering, as yeah, I understand I mean, it. No. I mean, I guess there would be fluid dynamics in that because it's fluids moving around. But um, 
yeah, probably don't have to worry about turbulent versus laminar flow and the Reynolds number of your water as it's draining through your soil. It must be maybe nice I don't, don't have to worry about the Reynolds number. No, no, it, it must be nice. <laughs> uh, but no, uh, I wanted to take this episode to just kind of like talk about trying to find your happy place. Not like a happy place, but just like li- live in your life. Um, live your best life. Yeah. Um, and how that relates to Bitcoin and getting on zero. Um, I've had, you know, I've been tracking my get on zero performance. I mentioned it, I guess a few weeks ago, but I wanted to, wanted to talk about that a little bit this week too. uh, give an update. Um, so I don't know, it was like three or four weeks ago. I mentioned the chart that I made where it has the price of Bitcoin and then my performance of how much Bitcoin I have versus how much Bitcoin I would have if I delayed um, my purchase of Bitcoin until that point in time. So yep. we have a little bit more data in there. Um, I am still below the uh, if I waited line. And that's because the price is going down. And that's kind of what we expect. But my, uh, my Bitcoin balance. Chart. Yeah. What's that? You said maybe on your chart, on mine, it's going up. Well, I don't know. You have I don't a chart? Know. I know what you mean. If you go out to like a year. Well, no, like because that. you do it a little bit different. You're doing a little, we talked about this the last time. You're doing it a little bit differently no. is that you just pay off all your expenses when your paycheck comes in and then immediately right. convert any excess into Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you are, you know, you're, you're never going, since you're not liquidating Bitcoin, yep, um, you're not affected yep. by, you know, that price with your, with your balance going down or, um, so you are outperforming it only me. goes up. Yeah. So you're outperforming me while the price is going down. But when the price goes up, that's when I'll start outperforming you because yes, I'll be able to delay the payment of uh, the debt I have, whether it's credit card debt or paying uh-huh. off my mortgage. Until your Bitcoin's worth like a million bucks, and then it's just like, yeah. I mean that that would be the kind of extreme I mean, case. Sarcasm. Yeah, sarcasm there. But if it goes back up to sixty or forty, thirty, you're going to be ahead from buying all this Bitcoin now. Right. Yeah. If my if I get paid today and. I buy Bitcoin at $20,000 and then I have to pay expenses in two weeks when the price of Bitcoin goes to $40,000, let's say, just for big numbers, then obviously um, using half what you would have. Right. So a smaller portion of my paycheck, we'll say, is going into paying my expenses. So I have more. You have more Bitcoin. uh, more right, more that can that can go into savings. Yeah. Sorry, the cat just jumped on the uh, on the desk, and he's ready to make a move to be super annoying. Because I was not home all weekend, so now I'm back. So okay, he's been neutralized for the moment. For now. So yeah, my uh, my balance. So the price of Bitcoin can has continued to go down, basically more or less since um, since we last talked about this. Um, so while there's been more separation between my performance and what this, it's not even an optimal performance. Uh, it's just what I would you know if I delayed the Bitcoin, you know that gap has been increasing. Um, my Bitcoin balance has taken quite a jump up Mm -hmm. at that same time. So, you know, it's one thing. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm comparing those two lines just for the sake of showing a difference in strategy and, and, and how, how the price affects that. And, you know, just to compare it to something, um, 
but the important thing is, and what we kind of stress all the time is make sure you are cash flow positive, make sure your balance is going up. Uh, because you need to, you need to readjust everything to get yourself thinking on a Bitcoin standard because the dollar is, is not a good unit of account. It does not help you track the value of your wealth. Um, as we've seen kind of recently, the dollar is kind of capable of pumping in the short term. But uh, I don't think anyone with half a brain would want to say like, oh, yeah, now the dollar's safe. You, know, you, t you take like a month of, of the dollar pumping against everything else and somehow everyone forgets the years and years and years of just massive evisceration. Right. That have happened and the massive, you know, the even bigger evisceration of the value of the dollar that's about to come. So, what do you think, Slappy? What do I think of your chart? What do I think yeah. of the dollar? I think your chart looks nice. Yep. I mean, it yeah, does. And it's going up, Terry, to again at the end, the balance, you know, it's not that it's, it's very, close to what's high point um but he said as the price keeps going up that's going to keep going up yeah well um, it'll it'll it, it's kind of it'll go up uh more quickly as the price drops yeah that's right man. it's uh wait what do we got uh oh yeah it's going to go up quicker when the price is lower um yeah whatever right but those lines will converge as the price goes higher. Yes. And then eventually they'll flip and I'll outperform yeah. that other thing. Um, Correct. Right. The other thing is, is that as the price goes up, I will accumulate more Bitcoin more slowly. Mm -hmm. And hopefully those, uh, those down ticks are smaller. So there's that. Um, so kind of like conceivably, you know, let's just say the price was just consistently steadily going up at a, at a very good clip. Um, the nice thing is that my, you know, let's say today's paycheck, if I, if I were to get paid today, um, if Bitcoin was fairly uh, rapidly appreciating over some time period, then maybe like all of my expenses are getting paid for by like my first, this paycheck that just got, that happened right. today uh, for like months. And so all of that additional Bitcoin, even though I'm, you know, getting less per paycheck, that's all going into my savings. Right. So that might be kind of an extreme example. I don't know, you know what the price is going to be, you know, jumping around doing, but uh, that's kind of the theory behind it is that, your paycheck from, you know, ages ago is going to be able to pay off a lot of your future uh, living expenses, which is pretty cool because that means you are not living paycheck to paycheck. Mm -hmm. uh, and that that's really the goal that you want. You want to have, at the, uh, as Laser Hoddle has talked about, that, that big runway in your checking account. Mm -hmm. um, so you can make that that previous work that you did have drastically more purchasing power. So it's uh, it's kind of funny because on the one hand, obviously I want to see the price go up, but on the other hand, uh, I'm stacking some pretty cheap Bitcoin at this point. And I like yeah, doing so that. What do you think about the dollar getting stronger recently? I think Joe Biden and the Fed are doing a great job. Uh, <laughs> not exactly. I mean, it's all borrowed time. They, they can they can pump it uh, kind of in the short term. It's kind of a weird situation with the way the world's going. Do you um, think a lot of countries... I mean, I'm sure this can be looked up and people know. I just don't follow it. But I'm hearing a lot of like trouble in a lot of countries. You think these people are moving into the dollar as the reserve asset because that's what it always has been. That's the strongest fiat currency. Yeah, traditionally it has been that, but I mean, you start seeing countries talking about trading in something other than the dollar, and and um, yeah, you do, you know, moving away, right. and you still go I mean, back to what you're used to. Yeah, until it doesn't work as well as something else, um, 
mean, that's kind of been the history of monetary assets. It's it's that you use what's best for you until something better comes along. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm just talking about right now. I'm not saying like forever, but like all these countries that are having trouble, you think they're buying the dollar, which is propping demand for the dollar? Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, it could be. They're also just like sending dollars to get destroyed in the Ukraine. Um, yeah. Yeah, so while while a local currency is, you know, flummoxing and everything, they'll run to something else and that's traditionally been the dollar and so that'll probably keep some keep some momentum in the short term, but I think as other other countries start flexing their muscles with their own currencies, yeah. Uh they're going to start the demand's going to go elsewhere and then you know, if you have a bunch of different countries that are you know, using using their currencies and monies in global trade, eventually, you know, you're going to be in a barter situation with with trying to exchange all this, all these different different monies, and so or like sunflower oil or something. Oh yeah, dude, I saw that. People people are like celebrating that. Yeah, it's not resorting or or, or going back to barter is not a sign of that way you want to be good. Yeah. But as these countries um, and people and businesses are trading on the global market and there's a bunch of different currencies out there that they have to uh, trade around, I mean, that that ends up turning into its own kind of barter situation. And so that opens up the opportunity for kind of a global uh, monetary reserve or standard. Um, And I think that's where Bitcoin has its perfect place to kind of jump in. I don't know that it'll happen immediately. I know there's been like some talk with Russia, um, you know, being friendly towards Bitcoin for global global trade and everything. Bitcoin's and I think like CEO making plays there in Russia. The what? The CEO of Bitcoin. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. CEO of Bitcoin's out there doing a lot of work. Uh huh. Yeah. No, but um, it's it's been like some like you know trade minister xyz of russia gets asked you know you accept bitcoin and global trade and he's like sure sure why not uh and everyone freaks out and says oh look russia's gonna accept bitcoin and trade and it's like they're just he's just saying that <laughs> like it doesn't actually mean anything yet so um you know I, i'm not saying that if if I mean, all it's of this better stuff- than saying no Right, right. No, it's, you know, if this happened five years ago, he'd probably be like, what's Bitcoin? Right. So it's progress. It's good. But, um, you know, don't don't get uh, tricked or don't fool yourself into believing that, oh, this is it. This is it. Um, because a lot of it's just like the opportunity for some. Twitter account for a uh, Bitcoin uh, content website to just have a nice breaking news headline and yeah. make a big deal about something that maybe shouldn't have such a huge deal made out of it. Um, you know, a, a major world power saying that they would be open to accepting Bitcoin in the global trade markets. That's certainly newsworthy. Nice. Yeah. It's good. Like you said, um, what it doesn't mean that like something's just about to happen with it and i think didn't they re- didn't like russia recently like ban bitcoin or i heard something trade? about they banned something i don't know what it was maybe it was for like domestic trade or i don't know it, they banned it do it for something yeah so it's like he says that and then they go and and do this kind of thing and i don't think it's like yes that would be newsworthy too that a country bans bitcoin but again it's not going to be anything that's like earth shattering or groundbreaking it's it's probably not really going to do much just like a lot of these other rules that happen so like the the country with the highest per capita um adoption rate of bitcoin is nigeria and it's illegal yeah in nigeria to have bitcoin um you know that's that's not to say that if the United States made Bitcoin illegal and, and tried to clamp down that it would look exactly the same uh, because, you know, obviously the U S has a lot more infrastructure to, to kind of manage that sort of 
law. And uh, a lot more people are banked in the U.S. And so they have the opportunity to cut people off to try to engage in Bitcoin and have it interface with their banking uh, networks. Um, so it, it would be a lot worse for Americans, I would think, than Nigerians if, uh, if, those, if their federal governments ban Bitcoin. Um, but it does go to show you that, that uh, yeah, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to downplay that, um, that little tidbit of information about Nigeria, but it's all stuff that like, you know, all this news out there needs to be taken in con- into context. Mm-hmm. And we have to understand that this is just like, it's that slow kind of draw. And while we're in the thick of it, it's going to feel like it's taking forever. But then one day it's going to kind of be like, it's that gradually then suddenly kind of meme that's out there, mm-hmm. which I think is pretty a good way of explaining it. Um, you know, like anything, any other sort of adoption of, of, um, of technology, like think of a cell phone, uh, smartphones. It's like you saw a couple people get smartphones iPhones and stuff, and then more and more, and then all of a sudden, just like everyone has one. No, and there was no just a phone. Yeah, and there was no point in time that you can point out to say and be like, "Oh, this was the moment." It just one day it was just kind of ubiquitous with with daily life. Yeah. I think that's what's going to happen with Bitcoin. So, like, the point of this is like, don't wait for some like grandiose moment that like Bitcoin has arrived. It's going to take time. Um, but like the faster you can get on board and, and make your transition, it's just going to make it, make it all, uh, better for you and, and kind of speed things along for everybody else. So, um, that's kind of the interesting, it's kind of funny with Bitcoin and it's like a lot of other things. It's like, it's like anything else doing the right thing, um, for the right reasons is that the benefit of you getting on a Bitcoin standard is much greater, provides much more benefit to you as an individual than to the rest of the network and to Bitcoin. Do you agree with that, Slappy? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but it doesn't mean it's not important to the network because obviously all those little kind of pieces have to get added before you know mm-hmm. you can build something big. It's just like living a moral life. Um, or doing anything like living healthy, having a healthy lifestyle. Most importantly, you should do it for yourself because it's going to benefit you the most, but there's obvious, obvious benefits to you being healthy for society. You get to, you can be more productive. Externalities. Um, Yes. Um, I mean, it's, it's all, it's all the basis of Austrian economics is that, yeah, Everyone's out there to um, get the most benefit for himself, but the only way he does that is by serving his fellow men in a way that they get the most benefit for them for themselves. So, you know, if you take one person out of that equation um, and have them start behaving destructively, uh, you know, one person is not going to make or break the economy, but you know, it has a deleterious effect on it even if it's kind of small. So, um, and obviously that per the impact on that person in his own life will, will be very bad and amplified compared to, to everyone else. So moral of the story is, you know, do the right thing for you and it will bear good fruits to everyone else. And so, um, you know, if you can be a good, uh, a good ambassador, if you will, of Bitcoin to friends and family, then those people, you know, they can see the benefits that it, that it's putting, uh, into your life and they, they'll want to copy you because they see that you're living a happy, fulfilled life. And so they say, Oh, what's, what's Slappy doing over there that makes him so happy when I'm so miserable. Maybe I should, maybe I should figure out what he's doing and apply some of that to my life. And if you can show that it, a lot of it has to do with, being on a Bitcoin standard, um, then you're going to pull people towards that behavior and um, kind of that network effect that you can build. Um, that's real. That's where the waves start getting made. 
Um, I had something else to tie that into, but oh, that's right. It's like Hans Hermann Hoppe talks about this in Democracy: The God That Failed. Is this where he talks about monarchy being the best form? Of anything? <laughs> yeah, oh, okay. yeah, yeah. That's where uh, nothing else. Just grab that. Because that was that. So you're talking about the book when he decided to no longer be a libertarian and become a, I don't know, a, a precursor or a forerunner to the post libertarians, or a monarchist. Ex- what did he become? Yeah, exactly. Um, just totally totally threw out all of the stuff that uh he did his whole career yep yeah so that murray rothbard and Ludwig von Mises, they're idiots they just missed it yep uh but no he talks about how um you know the leaders of your community of your society you're going to live the most fulfilled life and that's going to make people want to emulate them mm-hmm. um and so it 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 that applies to kind of all aspects of to everything. Yeah. You can't get around that. Um, and then on the other hand, like the bad behavior is contagious too, especially in a, in an environment where that bad behavior gets awarded by misincentive malincentives of, of the state. It's that classic, uh, case of, uh, the teacher and and this I don't know if this was actually ever truly happened, but it's the story that everyone tells, and it doesn't have to actually have happened for the story to make sense and carry weight. But it's that teacher that says, "All right, class, we're gonna you know do this as a socialist um, yeah. experiment, the grades, yeah. and yeah, we're just gonna average all the grades together, and whatever the average is, that's what everyone gets." And so you have the high performers just being like, well, why do I care? Like all this effort I'm putting into, I'm, I'm not reaping the benefit from it. So who cares? I'm just going to. Well, you probably have a psychopath or two who are like, got to do my best. Right. But just one um, or two. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're going to just that there will be a few people that are out, out there like that. But for the most yeah. part, people are just going to say, well, for who, for what? Why am I doing this? Yeah. Right. Why am I spending all this time wasting all this energy uh, when I'm not going to reap the reward for it? And so they just don't try anymore. And then so you just keep dragging that average down. Um, And so when you have an incentive structure that's kind of built to reward that failure or at least kind of cover it up or whatever, it's it's just going to drag everybody down because... Why bother? I mean, why why go to work if uh, you know you can get paid to sit at home and didn't do nothing? Uh, and man, like I I can't believe this had to be experimented with, <laughs> but we saw it during all the lockdown nonsense. They started paying people to sit at home, and no one went back to work. Um, that's why you, like. That's why you do need to to lean on those psychopaths, as you call them, a little bit people who actually have yeah. virtue and want to, uh, you know, want to practice virtue for the sake of virtue. That those are the people that are going to pull everyone else out of this mess, because the virtuous way to live, or just is drag what it is slowly the- to its death, like you know what I mean. Like you can, well, God. If you have one person working, like say you have a classroom of 30 people and two people are giving their best, like they're just, it's, it's a fool's errand. Like, you know. Yeah. But I'm saying it, like you need the, you need the virtuous few people to drag sure. everyone back out of that. Oh yeah. Uh, gotcha. Once everything gotcha, kind of gotcha. collapses. I hear you. Um, but you need it. You, you need a mechanism for them for, to actually succeed. Right. Because if they don't succeed, um, don't have a way to succeed, then it just becomes, it becomes even harder. It be, that, that mountain becomes even taller and longer and, and, and steeper. But when you have the opportunity to, uh, to use something like Bitcoin, which is a, a, another tool that allows you to actually like protect your wealth and you're working hard. Now, all of a sudden, you know, those virtuous people have reason to keep going and to work a little bit harder. Um, 
so speaking of working harder and stuff, it's one of the things I want to talk about is why I think you should convert. One of the reasons I think people should convert everything into Bitcoin and not keep some of that, uh, what do they call it? Um, dry powder yeah. on hand. Yeah. Dry powder is, uh, oh, we're going to, I'm going to hold a, some fiat in case, in case the price dips. Um, okay. <laughs> like, what is a dip? What do you consider a dip? Because um, we certainly have dipped over the last few months. You know, Bitcoin, Bitcoin went down from, you know, what's funny. Well, hold on. Let me take a step back. Yeah. One of the reasons why I don't advocate for trying to keep some dry powder down is because it means you are trying to time the market. It means you are trying to gamble. Um, we don't know what the price of Bitcoin is going to do tomorrow. There might be some information that's out there that's going to give us clues to what might happen. But like, what is it? Like every every year there's like on average 12 days where the price shoots up. Probably. And like if you're not in Bitcoin during that time and there's like 12 days out of the year, you miss it. So like you, you, you like the idea that you're going to time the market well it's just you said the word a little before it's a fool's errand um so to sit there saying that like oh i'm going to keep some fiat on hand in order to time the market well good good luck um i remember when i liquidated my 401k the price when we first Got on when I first got on zero, the price of Bitcoin was like sixty five, sixty six thousand dollars, and when I started liquidating my four hundred one k, it went down to like forty to forty five thousand. And I remember I was worried that I was not going to get the money into my account in time, where I could start buying Bitcoin, because I was worried that the price was going to go back up, and I wasn't going to be able to buy forty thousand dollar Bitcoin. Well, lo and behold, uh, if I had waited, I would have gotten, you know, more than double yeah. uh, the Bitcoin. But like that from sixty-five to forty thousand dollars, that was a huge dip. Like where do you know where the dip where the dip goes to? And and maybe let's say I held on to it and I said, Oh, I'm gonna wait for it to go a little bit lower. How many times we heard people say, I'll buy Bitcoin when it when it drops a little bit more, and then they never see that price again. So, like, it takes a lot of energy and, and a lot of time for you to sit there and, like, think about reading all the tea leaves and your Fibonacci curves and all this other stuff and reading articles that's trying to help you predict the price of something that you really have no ability to predict predict the price on and basically you're just guessing when you decide it's time to buy if you're trying to time it um so you spend all this time you know reading these articles and watching videos and listening to podcasts and looking at charts and all this other stuff where you know you are probably not performing as well as the guy who's just as soon as the cash, the dollars become available, he just buys the Bitcoin. Mm. Um, so you're spending a lot of time using a lot of energy, probably putting yourself through a lot of mental anguish for something that you're probably really not gaining any ground on. Um, meanwhile, instead of, and I'm not saying don't read, Bitcoin articles or listen to Bitcoin podcasts. You're listening to one right now. Keep listening. Um, yeah. Please buy our listening. stuff. Yeah, please clap. <laughs> please clap. <laughs> um, no, but like it's, it's have it for a purposeful reason. Like, are you doing it to just, are you trying to gain an edge that you, you can't really gain? Um, or are you doing it because you enjoy it and you want to just increase your knowledge? 
and you want to help figure out, um, you know, how to navigate everything. Um, if you're doing it, it's, it's, it's why, you know, it's funny because like all the Bitcoiners out there will agree that like, don't trade, but then they'll talk about how they're holding on to holding on to, uh, dry powder to buy the dip. And it's like, well, you're doing the same thing. And, um, I just think it's better. It's, it, it feels more free when you just treat Bitcoin as your money. Like you just try to not hold on to dollars, um, at all. So as soon as you get dollars, you convert them into Bitcoin. As soon as you get, when you need to finally pay off, um, some fiat bills, that's, you convert your Bitcoin back into dollars at the last moment. Um, you know, that frees you up with a lot of time to either be more productive and earn more Bitcoin or to just do things that you find enjoyable in life. Like life is short. And life can be really hard. Um, so, like, go out there and, and enjoy it. Like, find things that you'd like to do. Um, I'm not saying, like, go buy a Lambo, but I just bought a kayak, a fishing kayak. Um, Same it thing. Cheap. Yeah, yeah. Is, is the fishing kayak my Lambo? Yes. Because I bought in the middle of a bear market. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like, it, 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 you're gonna be the what's it? The pizza? No, oh, yeah, yeah. How expensive is this kayak gonna be? Yeah, it's that's gonna, gonna be, gonna be the, a mean Rallo's kayak. Rallo's yeah, it's $10 gonna be million dollar kayak. It's gonna be the equivalent of like some massive yacht. Yeah. Um, Rallo could but, have bought this. But you know, like I'm, the older I get, the less I'm gonna be able to do this kind of like i like fishing i like being on the water and and uh you know i want to take advantage of my age and and some of the time i have um that's just a hobby i like to do yeah. and yeah the price of bitcoin's down but i've saved enough and put myself in a position that like yeah i can i can do this in a bear market um it's gonna be interesting to see when when this uh this credit card uh, bill is due. Um, see what happens to my chart there uh, when I when when that has to get paid off. But I also have that uh, that HELOC that I can just float float that uh, the kayak on. So I have some options there. Uh, that was actually one of the first things I was like I thought I was going to do when I got the HELOC. I was like I'm going to buy the kayak and put it on that. Nice. I got a new uh, bathroom. There you go. Um, yeah, that was required. That wasn't that wasn't me uh, living my life. I mean, I guess it is. I need a bathroom. Slappy, you could have just used a bucket outside. I'd have been okay because with it. You could have just you could have just had one less bathroom. No, I mean, but I think that's because there's a lot of people that think that like the way to be a good Bitcoiner is just to use the like, bucket. Yeah, is to poop in a bucket outside instead of having a yeah. bathroom. Um, I mean, there's a joke about it, like selling, like not having chairs in your house because you know why well, have a chair if well, you could have sold it for Bitcoin? Yeah. You're choosing chairs over Bitcoin. But I mean, that's the You're purpose. Yeah, the purpose of like money and and having wealth is that you you are able to take care of your, you know, material demands. And there's certainly a difference between like being materialistic and constantly wanting stuff. But um, I think the bathroom is a great example. You could you could have saved Bitcoin, or um, well, it, it it makes no you know save Bitcoin or or bought more Bitcoin. It's functionally the same. Yeah, um, I mean, I could have just used the one bathroom in the hallway instead of the master bed bathroom. Right, but w what would that have done to your quality of life? It, would, it probably I mean, wouldn't have improved it. No, it wouldn't have. Like you have to live in the now. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. yeah. No, I mean I'm not like I know I know I get your point. Look, we, we need to fix the bathroom, and we fixed it, and it looks really nice, and uh, it, everything works, and that's great. <laughs> so, so with four 
soon to be, well, with five kids. Um, and they're only getting older. Yeah, I know we all have grandparents who had 12 kids in one house with one bedroom. Yeah, I know. So, like, humans can survive. And it was on one terrible. Bedroom. Yeah. I mean, like, you can do it. It's been done. But why? <laughs> right. You don't have to. It's like the air conditioning growing yeah. up. Like we like, had central air at my house. We had two zones. We had the first floor and the second floor. And, like, my parents did not turn on the air conditioning unless it was 800 billion degrees out. And they my parents a- told us the air conditioning was broken. That was their standard <laughs> line at all times. And I'm pretty sure like my dad disconnected something on it. Cause we had central air in the house. Like we had the vents, the ducts, it just never blew air conditioning through it. Yeah. We had that really loud, uh, attic fan. Yeah. That would circulate hot attic air through the house uh, at night. But yeah, when they finally would put the air conditioner on, they would, uh, They'd put a sheet up in the hallway uh, to to make a curtain to keep the uh, the cool air upstairs and and not leaking downstairs. Nice. Um, Work really well. I mean, it worked. I mean, it worked. I mean, you could definitely feel the difference being on the other side of the sheet. Yeah, that's good. Um, but like. I'm in a position now and not that we weren't poor. I think it's just you know, my parents growing up and they weren't poor. They didn't have a lot of money growing up. Um, but it's just that kind of mentality. And, and I don't like, you know, I'm making fun of it now. Um, but like you build wealth in order to materially Use improve it. your life. Yeah. Um, we could live like they did a hundred years ago. And have a much bigger savings account. Right. (laughs) But there's a very obvious reason that we don't. Yeah. And I certainly don't want to live that way. I want to enjoy the benefits of modern life. And and I want to enjoy the... uh, That's why I'm smoking a cigar. Yeah. I want to enjoy the fruits of of a Bitcoin standard when... When we when we achieve that society and all the innovation and wealth that's get that gets created from that, so um, you, you know it's 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 kind of funny because we always talk about saving and everything, but like, what is the purpose of saving? It's just to delay gratification, and yeah, um, now I'm gratifying myself, right? And. Um, you know, it's, there's, there's all sorts of things. Like I, I'm now that I'm on a Bitcoin standard, like I'm eating better, I'm putting better food and it's might be a little bit more expensive or it's definitely more expensive up front because I'm paying for entire animals. Um, like I'm eating better, getting better nutrition. Um, you know, and, and once again, as long as I see my, my Bitcoin balance going up, that's a good thing. And yes, you know, I don't need to make drastic adjustments to my life um, if I'm living in a comfortable way, doing living my life the way I want to, and you know, not being subject to, to something I don't want to be subject to. So, I mean, that's really the key. Is it like, are you are you living a fulfilled life, or are you chasing after something? If you're constantly chasing, then you're probably not living a fulfilled life. You're probably a slave to something. Maybe it's a slave to your job because you're paycheck to paycheck. And if you lose your job, then you lose your standard of living. Um, Maybe you do have some sort of material addiction where you're chasing after that. And you're not really actually fulfilled because, you know, you're, you're never satisfied with what you have. You're... You know, you need the next greatest. and Or, you know, maybe you have some material things and it's stuff that makes you happy because it's it's your hobby and that's what that's what makes you tick. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, you know, it, it would probably be a problem if I just went out and bought the most expensive kayak that I could because, hey, it's the most expensive and, you know, I wanted to be able to 
show off to everyone that, oh, hey, look, I got the nicest, best kayak out there. And chicks um, dig nice kayaks. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and I did it even though I don't really fish or don't care about fishing. That would be like weird and probably not healthy. Um, but, you know, it was fun. I took it out. I got yeah. it. Like, got delivered this week and I took it out uh, Friday morning. How many people and, did uh, you tell about it? Like everyone I saw. Everyone. Good. Yeah. Um, that was pretty, uh, pretty fun. I uh, caught a couple yeah. little fish. I was on a kayak one time. I enjoyed it. I didn't fish off it. Yeah. I was just paddling around the lake. Yeah, uh, I'm actually pretty impressed with how well these things are made and how well it performs. I bought uh, a Hobie, so one of those pedal kayaks. Yeah, nice. And uh, actually really maneuverable um, and and can move pretty quick. Uh, now, I was to go back in, I was pedaling against the current, and the current got pretty strong. So it took a while, but um, it wasn't like I was... Um, not it wasn't not too bad. It, it was wasn't nice. that bad. You know, keeping like a, a decent cadence with the pedals, like I felt my legs burning a little bit and I'm not right. like in shape right now, but I was never out of breath and never felt like, oh, I got to slow down. Now right. you can get a workout. You can pedal you faster and go faster. Um, but but in order to like get where you need to go, like you don't really have to be in shape. So on the one hand, it's like, it's nice because you're not necessarily going out there to get a workout. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like it's, but, not, uh, it's not, workouts not required. Yeah. But if you want the workout, then, then you can certainly do it. And then you can buy oh, like, man. they have like water breaks and everything. If you want to make it harder to move around. Um, mm -hmm. But like, also, it's it's pretty neat. It's like how stable it was, and I got I took a test. I got tested right away when I went out there, and a big boat was going through the channel, and he didn't really slow down that much. And I had to deal with like take him head on. No, he was coming off. We were. I was off to the side, right. um, but he made like two two and a half foot wake. Nice. So I had to turn to face it and you know the water went over the bow a little bit but it wasn't any it wasn't anything not too like, bad no it wasn't anything lot. crazy i didn't take on water at all that's cool in the in the hull of the kayak um and there's one thing i did kind of stupid um i was moving around and with my line still in the water and as i kind of turned i allowed my line to get caught uh, tangled up a little bit in the rudder uh -huh. so i had to get out of the kayak to go untangle it and i didn't know i could have just jumped out of the kayak and just kind of moved around and gotten back there and undid it but i didn't know how the kayak was going to handle when i tried to jump back in and just had to kind of pull myself up if it was going to start to tip at all all right so I pedaled over to um, kind of the little shore in the back bay, where, like all that grass is. Yeah. Um, and I hopped out and immediately sunk like knee deep into the into the nice. Mud. I almost fell down, which wouldn't have been great. Um, I was not wearing shoes. Yeah. Yeah, I was not wearing shoes, which helped because then I didn't have anything to like get stuck down in there but uh it ended up being that like since it was the mud was so soft i had no leverage on the ground with pushing myself back in the kayak so i just had to do what i didn't want to do to begin with but the kayak was was super stable didn't didn't really matter didn't affect it um because you know you don't want to like pull the kayak off and tip it and like dump your gear out the back or anything so it was a good, uh, it's good little adventure out there. Did like a little three hour tour. Good. I caught fish and I didn't drown. So I guess it's a success. You Did you eat the fish? No, it was too small. I caught a little mm -hmm. sea bass and then a little flounder. They were too small to keep. Yeah. Got to comply with those government 
minimum fish regulations. How tough are they down there? Are they checking you all the time? I don't think I've never been checked. Um, no. but for fish that small, like it's, it's, it's not, not even, even worth, worth it. it. Yeah. No, it's, it's not even worth the effort, um, to keep. So that's one of those things where, yeah, I think fishing regulations are stupid. Um, but whatever, a lot of it, a lot of it's a moot point because I'm not keeping right. real small stuff anyway. Yeah. So yeah, I got my, my, my kayak down there and, uh, maybe I'll, maybe I'll hook it up to the tractor and be able to tow it around different places. You could tow the yacht to the water, then turn it around and tow the tractor through the water on the yacht. Yep. I could do that. Take it out to one of those islands, and then you could cut the lawn out there. Yeah. Make it your own. Yeah, do you think it would uh, support a uh, you know, 1,200-pound tractor? Definitely. Yeah. If it could support me at 155 or so pounds, and I'm sure. It Easily. Could. Yeah. Yeah, I'm Probably only handle on two that feet. strength of you rowing with those feet. Pedals. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's the two point loads of my two feet versus four yeah. tires of a tractor. Yep. So yeah, I can see that going, but yeah. So, I mean, if, if you're doing whatever you're doing to manage your wealth and like, you're not able to like go out and do the things that you're actually enjoying, and and like living a fulfilled life. Yeah. And what's, what's the point of all of this? You know, we talked about just getting, buying Bitcoin to begin with, um, you know, the trap that people fall in. So they work their day job. They work 40, 50, 60 hours a week in order to, you know, have an income. And then in order to maintain the value of the wealth that they created via that income, they got to go home and like work another, part-time job basically studying the stock market and and reading up on all this stuff to try to maintain the value of their wealth and you know most of these people that are doing that aren't actually gaining an edge and so they're spending all this time trying to research stocks and bonds and everything and they're basically at the end of the day they're still just guessing so it makes more sense for someone to just like blindly throw it into a retirement fund or something, as opposed to trying to like pick individual stocks. I mean, you're probably, if, if you're just, if you don't have that edge, if you don't have that asymmetric knowledge to beat the market and, you know, I'm sorry, but like, you know, reading Yahoo finance does not give you an edge. Uh, you know, the guy that's, that's spending 20 hours a week, reading and researching all of this stuff to manage his 401k and his, and his assets um, versus the guy who just throws it into some general fund and goes and does the stuff that he wants to do. I, I would think the guy is living a better life. Uh, the second guy. Um, all else equal. Now, it's not to say that, you, and well, let me say this because people are going to say, well, Rallo, I, you know, maybe that's a hobby for some people and they really enjoy it. If it is, okay. Yeah, I'm not going to rule that out that some people like just really like doing that and that's where they get their fulfillment. That is a legitimate hobby for them. Sure, I'm sure there are some people like that. But how many people is it actually that? It's more of uh, gambling, well, and they're getting a dopamine hit. Yeah, gambling's a hobby too, though. It's a hobby, right? Right, but um, there's because like between... people talk about it. Oh, like they annoy me with it sometimes. Like you talk to someone, they're like, "Oh, I got this company with this, and bought it at right. this price, and sold it at that." I'm like, I don't care. But Healthy. it's okay to gamble. Yeah, um, and I think they like to gamble because. Um, you know, it's kind of like a way to gamble and not for everyone, but I think some people it's like a way to gamble and not be a degenerate or considered a degenerate. Right. And you also it, masks, a little bit. it masks what you're actually doing because 
there's a difference between a guy who, you know, if you go, yeah, if you go and you're like, I laid, you know, 20 grand on red at the roulette wheel and hit people are like, that's cool, but you're an idiot. Right. Um, whereas it's like stock market. It's, I picked a winner cause I'm so smart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a difference between the guy that goes to the casino, you know, once, whenever, and, you know, has some extra spending money, his entertainment money, and he goes spends it. And he's comfortable with losing that because, hey, that's what he that's what he came to spend. And if you make some money, sometimes it's great. But otherwise, you know, he comes in with uh, with a pocket full of money and, you know, what you go and, you know, for me, you know, I don't know. Anyone listening ever try buying blood, uh, buying blood worms recently? Holy cow. Um, Price going up? Yeah, it's expensive. Like, you know, going fishing is not a, you know, not a cheap hobby. It's funny that, you know, you have the kind of the libertarians and personality been like, I post the pictures of fishing and I'll show a picture, you know, fish that I caught and I'm keeping like, wow, that's great. You're being so, you know, <laughs> you know, living better because you're, you know, feeding The yourself. reality is you bought that fish, put it on oh, your it's hook the took a picture. Basically, I mean, for the amount that you have <laughs> to spend, money you're spending. right? Yeah. Um, and you know, obviously, I could I could do a little better job with that, but you know, it's it's part of the entertainment that I'm that I'm doing. So, yeah, sometimes those you know the picture of the fish I'm showing that I caught and I'm going to eat, it's probably more expensive than if I went to a restaurant. Um, Just it's kind of like fridge. my one brother. I was talking to him when I was down the shore this weekend about the kayak and he's like kind of looking at it. He goes, you know, this is, this is actually like really good in case, you know, you're able to get a food source for yourself and, you know, you know, take care of yourself that way in case things get bad. And like, dude, if I was worried about having access to food, I would have taken the money that I spent on the kayak and just bought a bunch of food. Yeah. Yeah. That could be preserved. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but to, but to tie this back into the stock market and gambling, like there's a difference between a guy who goes to the casino or puts a bet on a, on a football game on Sunday or has poker night with his friends versus a guy who is at the casino, you know, gets off from work, goes right to the casino, spends all weekend at the casino. Um, you know, we look at him a little bit differently than the guy who just clearly is doing it as a as a fun thing here and there. Um, so, like, I caution people who say that, oh, no, this is uh, me playing the stock markets is is uh, is anything more than just another way to spend, you know, every waking moment at a casino. Does that kind of make sense? Sure. So now, no, you know, at, at, at the same time, I mean, we're, you, you don't want to just hold dollars. And so holding, you know, going and throwing money into the stock market casino is better than. Just and I do away. think if you're doing like, you know, I mean, it's not, I, I kind of compared it to roulette. It's certainly not roulette. Like you can pick a, good company or know something about a company and pick individual stocks. Um, you know, it's possible. Yeah, but it's, you know, you're still getting lucky. You don't know for sure, but you can it's have really some, hard. A, you can have some good information. Like I, I remember, uh, this was years ago and their stock eventually crashed, but I was told by a person who worked at one of these companies to buy the stock now and, and he put a whole bunch of money into it and it went from like $2 up to 40 something dollars. And, uh, then he, he retired. Um, so, you know, he, he clearly knew something was happening and I forget what his reasoning was. There was some bad press about the company and he was like, but it's not true or something. And, and it's like, we're going to recover in no time. And he did, and he put his money where his mouth was and then he retired. Um, you know, and I didn't buy any of the stock because, I didn't, I just didn't, but. Well, it's one of those things like, you know, anyone can say that about anything. Well, anyone can say that about anything. And and in order to like 
you can't just go and hear someone, here's a stock tip because that guy could be absolutely full of it. So part yeah. of it is not, is like, no, he had know, a story can, though. And he put his money where his mouth was. And, oh uh, no. And that's fine. But like for, and that's great for him. Maybe he really did have asymmetric knowledge and it wasn't just a lucky guess. You know, he, I mean, and there's risks with everything. I mean, yeah, there's always a risk. Do. Um, but like for all, you know, you know, he can give you that. It's not just having information. It's also understanding how to process that information, how to evaluate that information. So, um, you know, the smartest guy in the world or the best investor in the world, a guy who's actually a good speculator could hand me all of the exact information that he's looking through. And I would not be able to make yeah, no, you, you need it to know you need does. to know what the congressmen and women are going to be buying like in order yeah. to be success consistently successful in the stock market right and you have to buy it before they do yep um but yeah it's it's just i guess the point i'm trying to make is just that you have to validate in order for you to make a smart investment. Like it would be dumb if, if you know, slappy you're in insurance. And so you understand your industry well, and let's say you understood it well enough that, um, you had a good stock. Yeah, let's say I knew for sure this company was going to take off. And I told you, you still got to trust me. Right. Like I, I have real no way of validating what you're telling me. And I could think you're a smart guy and a good guy, but like, how do I know what's going on? That's like the beauty of Bitcoin is that, yes, we tell people well, you should buy it. You should buy it. You should buy it. We're very confident in it, but we're also saying you should learn about it. And yeah. I think the only way that you're going to have conviction is if you understand it and kind of start getting on the path that we're on of understanding it so that you you know, you, you don't get scared when the price drops because otherwise if you don't have that conviction, you don't have that understanding of the big picture and you don't see that even though the price is going down, that the fundamental properties and ideas behind Bitcoin have are remaining rock solid and, yep. and there's no signs of that changing. Right. And that's what gives you the conviction, not because why the, well, exactly what you're saying when like, like exactly what you're just saying, like when the price goes up and down, it doesn't, doesn't change. Like Bitcoin hasn't changed what it is. Right. I thought it was a great buy at $67,000 or whatever it was at the top. Yeah. I think it's a great buy right now. I think it was a great buy yesterday. I think it'll be a great buy tomorrow. Yep. It's always time to buy Bitcoin. So, I mean, my point of all of that is like, stop choosing behaviors that take you away from living a fulfilled life because you're a degenerate gambler. You might die tomorrow. And actually do things that are fulfilling to you or just spend that time being more productive so you can actually accumulate more Bitcoin. Because if you're gambling and you're just guessing... And you're getting like, it, it's, they're called cheap thrills for a reason. Um, you know, that's not, it tends to not be, it's fun. It's fun when you bet and when you win, but. Um, I don't know. I'm not a gambler. I never got that rush. I've gambled. I mean, I'm not saying that like, like you know, there's this massive rush, but it's fun to win. Yeah. Well, I certainly like, like winning more than I like losing. Yeah, it's like you you know watching a football game. You got a little bit of money on or something. It's you know you, you it changes the way you're rooting for stuff, even though you know it doesn't have any makes uh, the game a little more fun. Right, right. Um, but yeah, just don't let that kind of behavior, um, or, or don't let what you're doing like mask what that behavior ultimately is. Is that it's just don't be a gambler. Uh, don't confuse guessing for good speculation. Um, 
it's all it's all the same kind of stuff. If you're saying I'm going to delay buying Bitcoin, um, that means you think you can time the market. And if you are also saying that Bitcoin's on this collision course to become global money, and we're always on the brink of hyper Bitcoinization, then it's like, okay, well, what do you actually think? Um, if you think the price is going to be able to like shoot up right away, but you're also saying that you're going to be able to buy the dip. I mean, obviously, the price can go down in the short term, but we have the long term view that it's going to go up. But like, I don't know. It's just so very presumptuous to say I'm going to buy the dip. It's like, well, what is the dip? How many people were bragging about buying Bitcoin at a discount at forty thousand dollars or thirty thousand dollars? Yeah. I mean, I no, I wasn't. I know what you mean. But I was buying it at that point. Well, yeah. But you weren't delaying buying it. No, exactly. Exactly. I know what you mean. So, all right. I feel like I'm starting to repeat myself even more than I usually do. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'll, uh, list, I'll put that chart on the show notes page, mcflugel.com slash 314, so you can... You can look at it, and uh, I recommend people going out and, you know, if you're doing this, make your own little chart. Um, just tracking your, you know, your your the value of your Bitcoin checking account or something, um, or just the total amount of Bitcoin you have. Um, you don't necessarily have to keep that tight tracking of your savings uh, because that's probably not really changing other than it'll, you know, going up when you add add from your uh, from your budgeted like checking account or something, but you know, just just track that checking account, make sure it's going up in value. That's um, fun. To, fun to track stuff. Yeah, that's my dopamine hit. It's yeah, degenerate uh, thing. But, You're a degenerate uh, yeah. cracker. Yeah. But, you know, remember, life is short, life is hard, so it's important to try to have some fun and do what makes you uh, live the best life. So uh, I guess I'll let everyone go on that one. So thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week. Peace.